Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. God, I love Joan Cusack. She, she wait, she was on Saturday Night Live. Wait, what? She was no, a cast member on the comedy sketch show SNL from '85 to '86. How did I not know <gasps> this? Now I'm a journalist, Babs. <laughs> Move over, girly. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? But in today's episode, whose fault is it that you're bi? That's right. We're going bye, bye, bye with Babs Gray, an incredible guest. And I can't wait to get to this episode. But I do want to give a quick thank you to everyone who listened last week. I was like gooped and gagged every single day seeing how many people were tuning in and obviously ben and ronnie from watch what crappens were unbelievable guests and i want to thank them for coming on i want to thank you for listening thank you for enjoying and a really big shout out to anyone that joined that patreon the last week it oh god that was so good to see because you know that you girl needs money but also just to form this community and, and help it grow it is so fucking exciting uh i do want to say that ben and ronnie my gay aunties did guide me towards a whoopee film I have never seen before called Soap Dish. And yeah, I did watch it. And yeah, they were right. She holds up. It, I mean, Whoopi was, of course, incredible, but also like Terry Hatcher is in it, Kathy Moriarty, uh, Kevin Klein, Sally Field is so good. It is just one of those movies that I cannot believe I had never even heard of it. And yes, I will confirm the ending pure garbage very problematic but i'm still glad i watched it and i think that you should too i'm not going to spoil the movie's ending because i know it's like a hundred years old but i'm just curious to see what you think in the movie coupled with that ending so please let me know if you watch I also want to say a lot of people enjoyed the ice cream segment of last week's episode. If you haven't yet listened to it, uh, please do. The first 15 minutes, it's just like a full love letter to Ben and Jerry's. And I want to give a shout out because it turns out that a lot of people don't know about the show yet. There was like a great British baking style show, but for ice cream on the Food Network, it's called Clash of the Cones. If you're not watching, it is just like after a long day, it is such food for the soul unfortunately it also is just an hour-long ben and jerry's commercial essentially because it is filmed at the actual ben and jerry's like headquarters in vermont and every time i watch it i'm like gaping wide for a, a pint of ben and jerry's so it comes with you know a bit of a risk there but listen get your ice cream i'm right now in a very big mood to get topped as you know if you haven't had topped by ben and jerry's very big recommendation for that but sit back, relax, and enjoy that clash of the cones on the Food Network. God, it's so good. I did announce on the old Instagram that I booked one of my favorite RuPaul's Drag Race queens for an episode on the pod. It's going to be a few weeks away. 
but I'm going to be giving an exclusive sneak peek into who it is and maybe even release the episode early for the Patreon subscribers. So go to patreon.com slash gay ass podcast. And if you're already subscribed, thank you so much. It really makes this podcast happen. Uh, I do want to tell you about Babs Gray. She is a pioneer in the podcast world. She's a comedy legend. And if you don't know why she's such a pioneer, she's like one of the people that literally started the free Britney movement. Her Instagram that she started is Britney's Graham. She has a podcast all about it. And in fact, her podcast called Toxic is like a very deep dive into the conservatorship of it all. And it's like seriously listening to a true crime documentary. It is so well done. I listened to it and I can't recommend it enough. So of course, I've linked it in the show notes below. Also in the show notes is that Patreon. If you want to subscribe and get an inside scoop on which RuPaul's Drag Race Queen will be having in the next few weeks, along with some awesome bonus features, including video stuff. And follow us on Instagram at Gay Ass Podcast. And gosh, leave us a five-star review if you like last week's Crappens episode, if you like this one. It's how we continue to grow this gay-ass community and spread that gay gospel, mama. This is Babs Gray. Enjoy. Also kind of a crazy, like, very weird reunion because you did a part in uh, my short film with the one and only Esther Steinberg, God in Thwarts. And it's been, do we know how many years ago that was? I guess we filmed it, I don't know. Three years ago? I think three three years minimum. And isn't it crazy that I, I got a full wide theatrical release, the red carpet we had? What was it? Oh, um, my God. Oscars. It actually yeah. got it got an Emmy, Grammy. What is that called when you get all of them? EGOT? We EGOT it, which is the first nine-minute short film to actually be nominated for an Emmy. And I just wasn't expecting the buzz to really come through, but it did. And I just, now we're on the other side of it all. Yeah, I, I know it's it's been a whirlwind. I can't believe I haven't I haven't seen you since those some yeah. of those after parties. Well, you know what happens when people become a big deal. We form our own sort of communities, tribes, and here I am, just in my. Can we call this a mansion? I guess we will. <laughs> With your whiskey, what's what's this whiskey background? Drag me. It's um. It's a. You know what it is? It's a whiskey mirror that we got at a flea market in New Jersey, of all places. And here's actually what happened: is that Matt and I walked up to. We walked by this big whiskey mirror. That's like you know you find it like like a pool hall or something. And we were like, oh my god, it's gorgeous. You know that would run for four hundred dollars minimum at a New York City market. So we literally say to each other, we were like, okay, we're gonna play hardball. We're gonna go up and say, hey, can we have this for a hundred bucks? And then if they say any anything more we're, only, we're not gonna do it for any more than 150 and i go up and i was like so um how much is this and they were like 40 <laughs> i was like oh okay we'll have that yeah that's good thank you <laughs> to got did not negotiate a dime <laughs> no of course i always do that yeah my house is full of um of sim i found a lot of things on the street that are in my house but that's the thing though it's like sometimes a street find can even hold more sentimental value than something you've had for a while i mean of course you know, sorry, I have a cough drop in my mouth in case I sound weird. Um, Listen, I'm judging your energy and I'm truly, I'm such, I'm such a fan. And speaking of being a fan, I was actually catching up on your new, new podcast, Toxic, and it's 
so fucking good. If anybody listening to this has not listened yet, it's in, uh, of course I, in my full intro, you've heard about Babs Great, but like your journalism of the Britney Spears conservatorship and everything, I cannot imagine the work that goes into that fucking podcast, into Britney's Graham, into everything that you do. I mean, it. Obviously, anybody that works on podcasts or even listens know the podcasts are a lot of work, but what you are doing on Toxic is so incredibly smart because you get to the human nature of what Brittany is going through and also just like the stakes of it all. I mean, have you, has it been rewarding to work on that podcast with all the work that goes into it? Do you feel like an accomplishment or is it really like sucking the life out of you? Um, I'd say it's a healthy mix of both. Sure. <laughs> it's been by far the most I've ever worked on anything in my entire life. It has been, and thank you for that, because I think sometimes, you know, with content, anything people make, they don't sometimes realize how much work goes into it. Mm-hmm. So it's really like nice when I hear people acknowledge that because yeah, it's just been hours and hours and hours of investigating researching and then i've never written something like this before so you know you have to write it so that everyone understands it so there's so many rewrites that goes in that go into it and then it's like you could spend an hour on one sentence just making sure it comes out the right way because it's so confusing to explain so yeah just a lot of um, intense work and it's been really rewarding to see the feedback and like i think that we did what we set out to accomplish which is really nice but it's also i i mean i'm so tired <laughs> yeah well I, i'm so I tired think that what is so shocking to me is because of course we read the headlines about what she's going through and like when you hear her statement for the first time but what really struck me was the first part of it was talking about the medication they put her on where she was on lithium and like they and she said that she was on a dosage that was fully irresponsible and it made her feel crazy i mean i'm going through my own medication journey right now which of course is nothing compared to what she's going through but because i have you know agency over what i'm taking but i just think like it sounds so fucked up to not only have control over what you're putting into your body and then to feel because i'm already i'm still struggling just figuring out what dosage of lexapro to take i'm not taking you know it's like what do you do you yourself have a connection to that part of her story yeah i mean i take antidepressants and stuff like that but yeah it's like it's just so far removed from i mean just everything about about her her situation, like the agency you're talking about, just, I can't imagine not being able to like make a simple purchase without having to get it approved by your father when you're almost 40 years old. It's really disgusting. Yeah, fuck that guy. It's it's so dark. I mean, what so I know, the update essentially now is that Brittany has appointed her own lawyer that her father did submit papers saying that he is willing to step down when the time is right. So what, from your perspective, do you, wh- where, where does the case stand right now? It seems like it's kind of like a, everyone's trying to save their own ass situation mm. right now where, because there's, so there's a conservator of the person who is around right now, who her and her name's Jody. Her and Jamie keep pointing fingers at each other and saying, like, you put her into the facility. No, you did. No, this is your fault. And I think that everyone's just basically trying to, like, not get sued or, you know. So I to me, that what's happening is Jamie's trying to cover his tracks as much as humanly possible before he they get him. They, like, eject him. Well, it's kind of seems like they know that the anger of the world is now being pointed at them. And I think, I mean, do you think that there is a chance that they will be either charged with something or potentially indicted? 
Um, I think that there's definitely a chance that could happen. I mean, I know that they, her new lawyer is trying to bring someone in to really look into the finances more and, you know, depending on if they find anything there, there could be some charges. So I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she could sue them for many things that I, I can't like say exactly, but yeah, I just hope that obviously that she's able just to have the freedom that, cause I think that. We all grew up, especially in our age range, of just like being obsessed with her and like and just wanting her to just succeed and then to see what type of I- I'm curious to see like in 20 years from now when we look back on this, like what will be the perspective of not only Britney's journey, but like the people that put her into this situation? Like I'm sure they're going to be villainized because how could they not? Yeah, I mean, you know, we're looking back at it now from 13 years and how everyone kind of treated her back then in the press and everything. And now that reckoning we're having now. So, yeah, I just hope she can get her autonomy back and and just do whatever she wants. You know, I don't know if that means music or not, but it's like I just can't imagine what that would do to you to be to just be controlled and to be told you're crazy all the time to be treated like that. It's really... And also when you have to, when you're forced to perform in that way, I think uh, on top of feeling so not in control of yourself and then to be like doing a Las Vegas residency and then on a world tour and then back to the residency. And like, I just, I, again, have had nothing close to her experience, but I even remember like I was on tour doing a musical and I, the short version of the story is that I was on a crazy run of like, you know, 15 cities in two or three weeks what whatever musical? it was it was elf the musical i played buddy the elf oh, cool a gay jew buddy the elf but <laughs> what happened is that i was staying in a, a hotel just for one night because we were drive. we were on like a bus from one city driving all the way to texas what ended up happening is i went to the bathroom turned the light off and on my way to, in the, to the, my bed in this random hotel room i tripped on a suitcase and then hit my head in the on the wall like bam like and so also i'm a very neurotic jew so i immediately go to the bathroom turn the lights on prepare to see blood gushing down my face i had nothing of the sort but i (laughs) took three advil i went to bed and then i ended up the next morning just being like god i'm such an idiot i have a bit of a headache but i'm fine we drive seven hours to the next city i believe it was fort fort worth in texas and it just so happened that the executive producer of the entire company was going. The the creative team was flying in from New York to see it. And I was 24 years old. It was my first big, big thing I'd ever done. And I thought I maybe had a concussion because I started to kind of just feel a little faint. Because I just want to get to the end of the story is that I kept thinking I was maybe concussed or something. I was having a full panic attack. I did not know oh, at the time. But like I... Yeah felt weak i felt tingly my vision was feeling weird and the executive producer of the show heard that i was having these problems so he came back to the dressing room and he was like so tell me are you going to do the show or not because if you're not we got to figure something out with the understudy and the understudy they had barely rehearsed because it was early in the run and i was just like freaking the fuck out but i remember it's like the Katy perry thing where she's like crying because she finds out that she's you know getting divorced and then she has like the torch in her hand and she's going up for her concert (laughs) and uh, i will say i've probably told this story on this podcast before but it was such a formative moment for me because i was like like I just put on a smile and uh, told and told myself I had to do the show and I did it and it went super well. I was like so proud of myself. And then 
the next show that the year the show goes out every year after year after year and the next year they told me they weren't going to cast me again even though i did such a great job and never called out because the producer saw me have an anxiety attack and he didn't want that to happen again oh my god what a dick and i don't feel bad talking about it now because i just it was such a fucked up situation where i gave so much to that show and and here's the thing i want to be very clear that that i don't think that person works with the company anymore and i ended up doing the show again and they did cast me again years later and it was like incredible to go back to it and have a different understanding of like my worth and what i have to give and like it was a really really great experience that came full circle but of course as a 24 year old to be like you know almost blamed for just the pressure that you're going through and um i think that again nothing compared to miss Brittany, but i do understand one percent of that and if she's having that a a hundredfold holy shit i just can't i just can't even imagine yeah it's and she's been told you know she was told it was going to end like after in about a year in and so i could see you know you can just see it all happening like they say like oh you know what just agree to this and you know, we're just going to, we'll get you out in a year or whatever. And then they just keep holding that carrot in front of her forever. And she, in the mean, in the meantime, she's behind the scenes trying to get out. And yeah. And like you said, they just kind of hold her own mental health against her, whatever. It's this really horrible catch 22, especially conservatorships where, yeah, kind of, you know, it's like, if you do badly, it's proof that you should be in one. But if huh. you do well, then it's like, wait, wait now I can't remember what I was saying. There's some catch me too. Now I can't remember how to say it. But no, it's yeah, basically it's just, like um, if you are doing poorly, they put you in a conservatorship, but then you have to prove that you're still doing poorly. So then when you're doing well, they don't believe you, and then they just keep you in the whole cycle. And there's no right. way out. Oh yeah, that's what it was. If you're doing well, then that's proof that it's working. That's what it was. So it's like right. if you're doing poorly, they can keep you in it. If you're doing well, then it's like, well, see, it's, it's, we're doing good. So it's see, just she was really... meant to be in this forever until the end of time. It's like no, yeah. babe, no, maybe this just wasn't the right move, and she needed like to not be on the fucking lithium you gave her. Yeah, yeah. I just I think mental health. I'm I I can tell that there's a trend towards more. Um, willingness to openly discuss things and like i mean i feel like like with the olympics this year there was you know so much more talk of like simone biles advocating for herself because of her mental health and she had to pull out of certain events because of that and it's just because if you can't see it physically on a body it's so real and like my i was on zoloft for i think it was like three or four months and it just kept not working kept raising the dosage and now changing to be on Lexapro, I'm realizing for the first time that I actually do think it's working. But the devastating part of this, Babs, is that I... <laughs> a friend told me that she's going through the same thing. And I think that it... I'm realizing that I'm always going to be crazy and have just like a baseline cuckoo kachunas and this is just gonna make it a little more manageable but i was like but i want the cuckoo kachunas out the station i want her to go goodbye but it's like no the train's always there it's just now the metaphor i have no idea where it's going but it's like but how big is the train i don't know where it's going like how far are we going on the tracks (laughs) whatever now um yeah the engineer is there the conductor's hat is staying but the snack tray does not have the oreos okay now i'm confused yeah that's i mean i think that's like a good place to come to though you know i think it's hard but it's good to to just realize like yeah this is who i am and like it's you know this is gonna help me manage it yeah and i honestly like to make it very 
in the present, I think before I was taking this me- these medicines, I probably would have been about to log onto this call with you and been really nervous because I really respect you and I want this podcast to be good and boo, 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 boo. And I've realized recently, like I, my terror of the world ending because of my nerves, that part of it, actually, I can feel it going away. And that's I'm like, oh, fuck, it is working. But yet yes. I'm still, but I'm still having X, Y, and Z thoughts. Like, it's, oh, those thoughts do stay, but these feelings don't. And I'm like, per- I'm pers- parsing out what is going to be a part of me and what can actually be aided by the pills. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that is what's good. What's nice about your saying like being getting into your thirties is that that really is where you're able to be like, okay, like this is who I am. This is how to deal with my bullshit. Yeah. And you're just able to let things go a lot easier to people. I'm able to be a lot nicer to myself than I was in the past. I mean, totally. It's all it's all a journey. I mean, speaking of journeys, though, I do want to ask you the famous podcast question, which is Babs Gray, whose fault is it that you're by we're going on the B team today? What do we blame? Um, or who? Or where? I blame AOL. <gasps> America, I blame America Online. Oh my God, Babs. <laughs> I knew you would deliver and you truly wait. Can we let's delve in? What about it? So I grew up in Salt Lake City. I wasn't Mormon, but you know, obviously a very religious place mm-hmm. to grow up in, very conservative. Kids did not like have sex. There was zero like sexual action happening anywhere. Everyone was very good, you know, good quote kids. So I, my only like real outlet for sexuality was like the internet and so we had that little dial-up internet and (sighs) i would log on and i would like cyber or whatever or i would look at porn i would download i remember i would download photos and print them out and i hid them in like a little pouch (gasps) (laughs) wait what kind what kind of photos were they do you remember well i guess i guess like yeah i would just look at both I guess I think I first did look at lesbian porn mostly because I think I was like uncertain. I was especially uncertain of like men's bodies at that point. And I was like, I don't know if I want to see a dick, you know? So yeah, I would download that. Yeah. Pictures of women. I mean, I truly, my mind is racing because there are so many, like so many parts of AOL that definitely queered the shit out of me. Like for example, (laughs) the first thing that comes to mind, I don't think I've really ever told anyone this is that there was a guy that went to my high school. It was like early high school. So middle school to high school. And I of course had a crush on him and I'm pretty sure he was very confirmed straight, but we would IM on AOL and we started to, uh, talk about masturbating like i think that in his mind he was just like i'm a dude talking to a dude and like you know i've never talked to someone about this stuff and like whatever and in my mind i'm like and this guy wants to jerk off with me someday (laughs) and i just like hearing him even mention it like turned me on so much and like and i know that a lot of parts of aol is like it's not all about like the sex and the sexting but it did definitely contribute to giving me places to uh, realize what was turning me on and like i would sometimes not even go to the pool with my family over the summer we go to like whatever jewish community center pool and i'm like i'm gonna stick around here and i would stay on aol and just look up gay shit and i would go to uh, this is very devastating that i would go to a yahoo pool the you could play pool on yahoo (laughs) 
Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and there was a room that was labeled Moby Dick, and that was a euphemism for all gay men sexting in a Yahoo pool game room. Oh my god, I love it! <laughs> I'm like, there's some sort of euphemism with like the cue and the balls and the pockets and all. But like, I just, I'm sure I was all of 15 years old playing Yahoo pool with a 45 year old bear in Wisconsin. I'm sure of it. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. So were you guys all sexting in the actual chat, like the public chat? Or was it like private chats off from... Wait, that's a good question. I think what it was is you would... Yeah, I think what it was is that you would be in a public chat and there would be some general chatting but then if you felt like you were like vibing with one person then you would go private go off to the, and yeah. i'm just another thing is popping into my mind that i would then do a website called men uh menchats.com i think and that was just a full-on gay sex chat room <laughs> like that wasn't we're not <laughs> we're not playing any yahoo pool here it and the thing is that's funny about this conversation is that is that on the chris burns episode the fat carrie bradshaw episode we talked about a website that we both went to called jackandworld.com and once i put that video up online it just it really a lot of people message in about that they also went to that and i went to nifty.org which was about erotica like I, writing i went i went to nifty that was a also erotic stories i would read yeah see the internet i mean i feel bad for <laughs> i feel bad for people before the internet but it's like i feel like <laughs> what, what do they do I do think it, yeah, definitely, like, I always knew I was bisexual from a young age, but I didn't really, like, come out or date a woman until later. But mm -hmm. um, but I think, like, it did help me access what I was into. So you I'm know, curious like about that. Like, you, you grow up in Utah, but you were not, were you, were you a different religion than Mormonism? I was Catholic, like, ish, you know, my sure. parents were, but I was, it wasn't super intense. Interesting. So then do you have A to B to C? Do you watch The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City? I do. That's okay. the only one I've ever watched. So wait, do you have <laughs> do you have an opinion about like as a first like housewives uh, intro? Like what what do you feel? How do you like it? I mean, I love it. I love Heather. She's my favorite. She posted a free Britney thing and I was like, "Oh my god, I started this." Okay. You should Heather Gay is a true ally, and she and I actually sometimes uh, interact on Instagram, and I'm going to oh have her on this podcast. I'm going to call it That's a Heather Gay-Ass Podcast episode, and I'm, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. But continue. We like Heather. Go on. Yes. I love Heather. I mean, it's fun. You know, it's I really like over the pandemic really allowed myself to get into reality TV where I kind of like didn't watch it that much before. Yeah. And now I've. I just it's so soothing like I don't it really soothes me in a way that other things just don't I agree I think that sometimes people used to give a lot of shit to anyone that enjoys reality TV because it's like they thought it was a lesser than thing but a lot of people now acknowledge that like the editors of these shows deserve the highest awards I mean yes the personalities are great we love our Heather Gaze we I mean our Jen Shaw's are what give us the <laughs> plot um, and you know to be determined on her front but like I think that the editors spin it into full on magic. Like there's so much comedy that there's like the wink to the audience. And I just unabashedly love Bravo. And I think that Salt Lake City had such an amazing first season. It was on way too late for me. It was on like at, I think what, 10 p.m. last year. Oh, yeah. I, I think I watched it like 
on Amazon after it was over or something. Well, the problem is that Matt wanted to watch it live. And so I'd watch the first 30 minutes, then go to sleep. So I was always like, like, oh, I love this part. And then anything that happened after the 25 minute <laughs> mark, I was like, oh, that sounds fun. Um, but I can't wait for the second season. And I, and I do, you, I mean, do we think Jen Shaw is, is fucked? <laughs> I mean, she's, so she's in the promotional photos that Heather's posting. So she's obviously in it. I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming the, did she get actually arrested? She did, right? She, I, well, she did. She and I got think what, charged? what, yeah, she, she's definitely like going to be going into her court proceedings soon. I think that apparently they were, while they were filming is when she like all this went down. And so I think that it's oh, going to be, pro- what a godsend for the producers. Like, oh, I said when this happened, <laughs> I tweeted like Andy Cohen's eating tonight. Like they're <laughs> the, all of the legal stuff, like, unfortunately for these women, it creates such great plot lines. Like, let's talk about it obviously i know salt lake city is your first your intro into housewives but like Teresa judice on new jersey it was so fucking insane because the plot for what two or three seasons was that she went to jail first for like what 11 or 12 months then her husband went to jail after that and then he was deported from the country and now lives in italy and that's like where and or apparently it's gonna like go to the bahamas whatever so that was a crazy part of new jersey and then on beverly hills this season of course erica jane is going through like the one of the biggest fucking uh, things in like lawyer history which is that her very famous lawyer husband is being indicted for stealing money from orphans and wait what do they say orphans and widows orphans and widows and so it's like (laughs) there was like orphans and widows and so it's like all of this stuff is so deeply devastating to the victims to everyone involved but it makes some good trash tv girl good tv baby yeah especially with just like the britney stuff has been so like like i said so labor intensive that like when i've been i'm done at the end of the night i'm like "Ah, it's like a bubble bath like i'm like i just need to watch dumb like I watch Below Deck or I watch oh, um, Love yeah, Island Pabs. or something Listen, like that. Listen, this this season of Below Deck I'm really really into because there's the personalities are crazy. There's the guests are are delivering. I and- need to like I'm always like behind because I don't watch it live, so I never yeah. know if I'm watching like the current one or not. But. Well, that's the thing is that anyone listening to this now, like the current Below Deck season is really good. They've done Below Deck sailing, yeah, and I think I usually don't like it as much because I'm, yeah. I'm partial to a I'm partial to a I don't know how, I wish I knew the length of the boat. I'm partial to you a want- <laughs> three hundred sixty footer or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Partial to a sixty yard footer. Yeah, they're um, it's you want a big boy. You want a big boy. I want a big boy. It's like, it may not be the size of the boat, but if (laughs) I just pretend that like I could finish as a really good joke, but if the, just insert it later. (laughs) Eric, make a note in the editing to actually write a funny (laughs) joke for this part. Um, I do also want to just speaking of things that we love so much near one of your comedy specials, I believe this was for uh, comedy central. You said that you, (laughs) are worried that if you get into an accident and they're going through your phone and they're seeing the names on your contacts like i shudder to think of what the names are on my contacts <laughs> and uh, i mean was that is that a real thing that you have like pretty devastating yeah you know what actually i was looking at the list of people i've had sex with and that's where it came from but oh then, wow but then also it was you know yeah if you look in my phone it's like just random i think there's a woman named spider in there <laughs> There's like, there's just lots of random people. Yeah, old. I'm in a relationship now, but old hookups that are just there under like 
whatever Tinder yeah. Greg or, or oh, you, you know. know what? I'm actually looking through mine right now and I have one that was um like we'll say his name is Greg and then catering manager because there was this event I worked and I spotted he was like the head of the event and I was like I fucking the shit out of him and um I think <laughs> I was like having a really weird bold night cuz this is not my MO but I was like you know what? I'm I feel his eyes and I'm wearing this full black outfit and why not and so i went up to him and i was like can i have your number or something and he gave me his card and i put it in and of course i texted him and he did not respond but um (laughs) yeah i think i had one called big teeth canadian because i couldn't remember his name so i think in the joke i say um matt canadian foreskin which i don't think was an actual maybe it was an actual thing but i'm actually devastated to tell you that one contact just oh never mind i have a contact for a person that just says fucking but i realize that is because if you want to type in fucking on your text messages if you have a contact named fucking it won't autocorrect it to ducking oh smart look at this little hack yeah Um, i have in my in my contacts one of them's last name is asshole in all caps and now when i type it in my phone it types asshole in all caps (laughs) Wait, why is this person's name asshole? What happened? Oh, God. Just a very shitty dude I dated a few years ago. <sighs> very, I mean, bad exes are just... It, I, I like don't know if I'll regret saying this, but I have an ex that like, I really have zero uh, resentment towards now, but I have been broken up with this person for nine years. And I have only run into that person one time basically in those nine years and it was like eight years ago like i have not and we live in the same city and i haven't seen him in eight years it's like i think the universe is on purpose you know what it is the universe is on purpose keeping us apart and then because i'm leaving new york in two months the week before i leave we're gonna be like yes seated next at a restaurant together or something (laughs) like that are you do you live in fear of seeing him i i mean no i live in like i want to see him i want i want to like i feel like i've never had the experience of like being deeply in love with someone and then eight years go by and being able to talk to them again that's just i'm maybe i'm a glutton for punishment but i just i think it would be really interesting to see how it would go and do i want to tell him how well i'm doing sure of course gotta show off yeah i think it's um to me, those kind of relationships are like a past lifetime almost. I mean, this guy, I have no fucking interest in speaking to because, yeah. it, you know, but there are plenty of people I've been with who I would love to see, you know. there. Yeah, I don't understand the types of people that like are still good friends with their exes, but I really have respect for them because I, I don't think I've ever really been able to do that. No, I've tried, but it just uh, it doesn't work. It, like... I, this is so dumb, but watching, I'm just been watching Love Island and they're always like, I, like, can we be friends afterwards? It's like, no, no one's friends. Friends, it's like, I guess maybe if you're on that island, you have to be around each other 24 hours a day. You have to make yourself be friends, but. Well, that's so interesting to me because I was hanging out with friends this weekend and we were talking about the people we know that have sex within their friend groups and they like are all having sex with each other and then still being friends and then going to share a house and having sex but then also like doing a dinner party and it's like i a part of me is has like a jealousy of like wow you guys are i must be just fucking a lot but then i know deep down i don't think i could ever do that and like of course i am talking about a lot of gay men like i feel like it's very sex within the gay world is is can be very different but i don't know if i'm capable of fucking my friends and being and still being friends i just yeah i don't see it not getting messy in some way 
Well, listen, there's there's so many so many amazing things that you have going. I mean, like your comedy album, the Lady to Lady podcast, the Britney's Graham Toxic. I mean, as you're working in all these things, like what do you envision coming out of all the journalism coupled with comedy like is there like a, a dream scenario of like a type of position or project you want to work on i mean honestly you know it's funny because i'm at a weird place right now where i think for it's one of those things or like from the outside it probably looks like i'm like i'm crushing it and blah 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 but like i don't honestly feel like that mm. i I want to be making comedy, you know, I, I really loved working on this project, but, and I actually did love be learning how to become a journalist and I could see myself doing other projects involving that in the future. But I also want to be a comedy TV writer. Like that's really my end goal. I want to make comedy TV and like, and I, I'm a little nervous about how far away I feel from that right now because sure, sure, sure. this took many years out of my life and I'm not, you know, any closer to a comedy writing job than I was before this. So I think it'll open up doors that I don't know about yes. yet. And I, I'm trying to come to terms with that. My life looks a little bit different than I think I was thinking it would. Yeah. I was literally having this conversation with um, a friend of mine like this morning, which is that the older you get, the I think the less you see the life that you thought you were going to have. Like what you, when you look around yourself, you're like this is not at all what I picture, but I think the, the key seems to be of uh, following where your gut is taking you and just trusting that the doors are going to open to get you to a place that you do want to be. And of course, on the outside, I, I can tell you that it looks like you're killing it. And then when you're in the middle of it, you're like, well, it doesn't feel that way all the time. But I think that clearly you followed your gut and you followed such an important story that I have no doubt that it will lead you to amazing doors that are going to open. But, you know, it's 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 just so tough in the moment to feel that. I, I, I don't know if I've said it yet on this podcast, but what I've been telling myself all the time is just like zoom out, just zoom out and just know that th there's really good things. Like it, when I have one little failure... And then I can tell myself that that means everything's a failure. And like what's really been fucking up my mind recently is that I'm waiting to hear back from this big thing that I, you know, put a lot of work into and it like came to a head yesterday. And because I, you know, really try to be as honest as I can on this podcast, I was such a fucking monster to Matt yesterday. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was just like... I couldn't explain why, but everything that was said, I felt like it was an attack to me. And and I luckily was able to be like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I think I'm just kind of like the pressure or the anticipation. I've been waiting for something for like three and a half weeks. And I oh, just God. like, I think that the zooming out of it all is that, you know what? I've got X, Y, and Z. I boo, 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 boo. I have this to look forward to. And it's like, without, without, when I'm just focusing on what I'm waiting on or what I don't have, then I drive myself fully insane. I know. I know. It's so, I'm so bad at that. Like, there's that part of me that does that, but then there's other other part, the Veruca Salt part of me that's sure. like, I want the world. <laughs> I want the whole world. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm trying to like, and I'm trying I want to not it now. be anxious. I want it now. Yes. Now. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, it just depends. I need to work on, I think, mindfulness, which I think really is helpful with that. I'm the worst at that, though. I don't meditate. I, I don't. Too. I haven't been working out. I haven't been doing anything really healthy for myself. I really just let myself go college level, like eating garbage, Red Bull all day when we are finishing this thing. And now that I'm coming out of the fog of being done, I'm kind of like, what the fuck does You're life like, look I like? I feel like shit. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> really. I, I, but you and I are very similar in that way of just like knowing, like, I probably would benefit from meditation it would be good to drink some water <laughs> i mean like i'm so there but i do think like if, if only the only direction is up then we just follow that and we put down the red bull um i do want to ask a very famous podcast question which is yes. perhaps great if the world was ending I mean, you could only save one character actress who would you save I'm going to say, and I'm guessing this has been an answer before, but Joan Cusack. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd be surprised that not as many people have said Joan Cusack as they should, quite frankly. But Joan Cusack. Ooh. Also, as a gay man, I will tell you, I find her very attractive. Just the way that she, the way she, I wish I could do a good impersonation. Just like the way she talks. What is her? Yeah. Aren't her S's that side? Kind of, it's kind of a side mouth. It's a side. Oh, that's kind of it. It's a side mouth, and I'm Joan Cusack. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm kind of impressed with myself. You're doing very well. Yeah, the way she carries herself, the way she speaks, like I just, I love her. I mean, I just watched High Fidelity again, which mm. is one of those movies that you're like, oh, this <laughs> character is horrible. The guy, but she's so great in it, and like I just love watching her tell off her brother and stuff yeah. like that. I'm ho- and I also still have a crush, I think, on John Cusack. So I'm hoping he comes along. You know, I get to save him at the oh, same time. Oh, please. We, yeah, yeah, I do. I myself am partial to a John Q. I also, my first thought that comes to mind when you say Joan Cusack is, is it um, Adam's Family Matters? Or there's like one Adam's Family yes. that she is like an evil bitch. And it's just, God, I love Joan Cusack. She, she deserves the world, truly. Yeah, she's incredible. And she I love her. She pops up in so many random things and she's Yeah, what has just, she done uh, re- I I really want like I I say this a lot, but I want like these types of female actresses to get the vehicle that they are due. And like of course we're both I know you're right. Yeah, we need her like White Lotus. Not I haven't watched Thank it. Thank you. you. Know, I have watched it. It is need. incredible. We need a Junk Cusack White Lotus. I mean Wow, she's so beautiful. I'm looking her up right now. And of course, one of the first things is Adam's family. Um, oh, wow. She did get an Academy Award nomination for Working Girl. Uh, oh. Wait, she was on she's... Saturday Night Live? Wait, what? For a year. As a host? She was no, a cast member on the comedy sketch show SNL from 85 to 86. How did I not know this? <gasps> wow, breaking news. Now, I'm a journalist, Babs. <laughs> Move over, girly. Oh, my God. Um, I'm going to do a joke. We have to fact check this. We're going to fact check because uh, <laughs> this is Wikipedia, but I'm going to start a Joan Cusack podcast. Um, what's the name of the Joan Cusack podcast, Babs? Oh, my God. Um, I got it. It's Cusack Cast. <laughs> Perfect. Joan Cusack Cast. <laughs> Joan Q's cast. I will say this is just think, talking about fact checking. I was getting so I was so deep in making this Britney thing, and I was also attempting to start stand up again. Sure. And it was so bad because I was like making jokes about journalism. <laughs> You're like, who for the journalism girls out there? There's like, I was like, so y'all ever been fact checking someone, and then. Yeah. Every anyway. premise is about writing an article or coming together with a scoop. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> 
I mean, listen, I get it. You were fully sucked into it, but we are all the better for it. And also, we're all the better for Joan Cusack being who she is. God, yes. can you can you believe, like, jo- Joan Cusack is also the sister of a very famous actor, John Cusack, and apparently an Anne... Wait, what does Anne Cusack have... What has she done? I don't know. Wait, I'm looking her up now. She's had minor roles in Multiplicity. She was in A League of Their Own, Anne Cusack... Grey's Anatomy. Okay, can you imagine being the third Cusack? That's the pos- the <laughs> podcast. Third Cusecast. Yeah, who is this other Cusack? And I hope... Watch her be like the most incredible, like... And I'm just dragging on the... the l- oh, wait, I recognize her. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, my God. She's definitely... Oh yeah, I love her. God, I am a dick. No, she's great. Anne, I take it back. (laughs) Oh my god, I love you, Anne. She was on Better Call Saul. Sure, sure. (laughs) And you know what? I googled Anne Cusack, and then I go through the images, and there's a few images of her, and then it's just Joan Cusack. I'm like, God, poor Anne. (laughs) Poor Anne. We found a lost Cusack sister to us, (laughs) so I feel like this has been very productive. I really do as well. And I mean, gosh, I am such an effing fan oh but before we say goodbye i didn't prep you on this but i want to know your answer the question that's very important to me is babs gray what is the best Whoopi goldberg film oh my god um sister act come on babs gray giving us a sister act here on that's a gay ass podcast um do you remember has it been like 20 years since you've seen it or no i watched it in the last year and it (gasps) held up I love that for us. I really do. Um, are you talking about the Ridge or the Sister Act 2? I will say the Ridge. I, I, two, the songs are still good, but did not hold up as well just overall movie-wise. Wow, I do disagree, but I do respect you. I <laughs> When's the last time you watched it? I mean, like, Thursday? I'm kidding. I just, like, I, 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 it's like both sister act and sister act two are lifelong passions of mine and sister act two is my number one and i really think that it comes down to a memory of uh, being so vulnerably closeted and then i really feel like dolores van cartier in sister act two was the first time i felt (laughs) i want to say like like i saw myself in someone which is fully insane because it's like (laughs) Okay, a 40-year-old black woman playing a nun that's on the run from... I mean, but I just... And I think also, like, I know what it is. It's just, like, the movie itself was just, like, people trying to find what makes them unique and also understood. And so much about it was, like, it made me feel so seen. And I... You know, Lauren Hill's character in Sister Act 2, and I think that there's a reason why there's another movie that did that for me that I've talked about on this podcast many episodes ago, which is the movie Camp. I don't know if you've seen Camp, but I've it's... I've never seen it. It's really... I mean, true. I actually haven't watched that one in a long time, and there's probably a, a big chance it does not hold up, but it was, you know, a long story short, a movie about a bunch of fucking queer people that go to a theater camp, and it just talks about right. how high the stakes are at theater camp. And which was filmed at an actual theater camp that is... It's a documentary? It's not a documentary, oh, but okay. it is based off a real thing. Actually, I wonder if there is a documentary. It's... um Oh, Zach Braff also went to this camp. And I did see the other day someone talking about on TikTok how Anna Kendrick, they um, know that she's a total monster and they don't care. They Oh, it's basically just like they have no 
desire to meet her in real life. Whereas there's other people that are known to be rude that like they would love to meet. Um, I do not want to meet Anna Kendrick. <laughs> no, I don't care. She, I, I, she's fine. Is I she think a good performer? Very much so. Yeah, but I'm not, you know. Wait, now that, because now I'm, I know we're going to leave in a minute, but now I want to know when I say Lay Michelle to you, what do you say back? Glorp. I haven't seen Glee, so I don't know. I don't really but have you've like, heard that much she's of a monster, opinion right? on her. Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate it because I don't like what it does for, I don't like it making a nasty name for theater kids. You know, <gasps> we're already up against enough. Oh, my God, Babs. That's a good so, point. I don't like the, you know, it's like, God damn it. People already judging us. Well, it's also like, <laughs> in any, I think in any sort of like subcategory, it's like when a gay person is being like when I see a gay guy that's being like, there was like something going around Twitter about a demon twink that was like eating someone's ass a lot at a, at a concert. I'm like, come on, demon twink. Like, it's a good story, but we've got <laughs> enough going on. We are we, we have Randy Rainbow. I'm kidding. Actually, I, I don't pile on Randy Rainbow as much as other people do. But like then also like when I watch a documentary and I see like a Jewish man be like committing crimes and doing something bad i'm like come on like there's enough anti-semitism we're dealing with enough like please give us a better name go with something else i yeah i don't leah michelle i don't know i don't have any opinion on um what about okay Catherine mcphee babs oh my god that is such a good question i mean i (laughs) Catherine mcphee i find cancel her let her go i just feel like i think like i think that she the biggest mistake that she made is that and if anybody listening doesn't know basically what happened with Catherine fee is that she is married to david foster who apparently is also a villain but she like had this big gay following and she was on smash on nbc and like you know we love of course american idol but then it came out that she maybe voted for Trump, I think, or like donated money to Trump. I I think what ended up happening is that she got outed for that. And then instead of like doing anything, she just went radio silent. And I don't think she's tweeted or posted anything since then. And that was like almost a year ago. (laughs) And so... Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. And then she just completely dropped off the face of the earth. And I find that to be not the move. And I think because of that, Oh, Oh, talk about like giving theater people a bad name. So Catherine McPhee did some, has done some fucked up shit, but then have you, do you know anything about the Laura Osnes stuff? Do you know who that is? Mm, no. Here's the elevator pitch. She was on Broadway in a bunch of shows. Like she was on the uh, Grease reality show. You're the one that I want. She got cast as Sandy on Broadway. Now she's incredibly talented. She's been known to maybe be conservative, but it came out that she wasn't getting vaccinated and she refused to get vaccinated, even though she was doing a show at a theater that required it. It came out They she left the show and then people really raked her through the coals and um, the girl's not getting vaccinated. Whew. You're going to give up your whole fucking career? And I think she might be doing that. I mean, people are saying she might be doing like Fox News the musical at some point, but whatever. It's... <laughs> Unless, yeah, we're going to do a whole unvaccinated only <laughs> musical cast where everyone's just... Only unvaccinated fans. Giving each other COVID in the fucking show. Yeah. Well, on th- I mean, listen, Laura, get a fucking vaccine. Enough is enough. Um, But speaking of... Uh... <laughs> there's no way for me to go from lower osmos to babs gray but i will say that 
Speaking of being vaxxed, waxed, and on <laughs> tracks for celebrity, I want to thank Babs Gray so much for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. I, you are a pod legend, and I cannot wait to see you in Los Angeles and for me to become a full-on monster. Yes! We'll welcome you to the full. We'll go do mushrooms and then see what happens. And that is a date. Well, I guess I'm on record as dragging Catherine McPhee over the coals. Um, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this week's episode with the Babs Gray. Listen to her podcast, Toxic, and all the info that is linked in the show notes to follow along on Babs' social media. Uh, and if you want to follow me, I'm at Eric Wills on Insta, at Eric Wills TT on the old TikTok. And uh, follow the Gay Ass Podcast Instagram, at Gay Ass Podcast. If you have not yet subscribed, make sure you do so you can get uh, into our future episodes, including one with the iconic drag queen from RuPaul's Drag Race. That will be announced soon on the Gay Ass Podcast Patreon. Have a great rest of your week. Stay gay. And I love you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.